Welcome to Truth and Lending, take two. <laughs> the mortgage go. and real estate podcast that you never knew you needed. We are taking a trip to the Mile High Metropolis today, so make sure to place the oxygen mask over your face first before assisting others in the cabin. Senior mortgage baker Nick White is joining us in the Hopium Den to give us his take on the current state of the market and what it means to be a survivor in the mortgage industry. This is Truth and Lending, and today is September 14th, 2023. Wow. Fall is coming. And and what I mean by by take two is we're technical without our... Technical yeah, we are, we are not without technical difficulties Christina, today. Christina, come back. Christina, come back. So we miss you. We are recording today's show on Zoom, and we've got, uh, we've got senior mortgage banker Nick White here. He was actually... Uh, entertaining with us with his dulcet tones yes he was singing yeah oh he's a survivor yeah <laughs> <laughs> nick welcome to the show tell us a little bit about how you landed in the mortgage industry a little bit of background about you yeah hi everybody thanks for having me um so i ended up in this business sort of randomly i was out of college 2001 ish late 01 early 02 um Somebody that I worked with that was a little older, shout out Phoebe, if you're still out there, um, <laughs> tried mortgages and definitely wasn't for her, but she thought that I would be good at it for some reason and set up an interview with some mortgage company. I didn't know what a mortgage was at the time or what lending really was other than like borrowing money from my parents here and there. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, kind of just started pounding the phones, didn't really know what I was selling um, and had a decent month, you know, a few months in and at that point was hooked and then won a trip to Hawaii a few months after that. And then I was extra hooked. Um, and here we are. 21. All it took, all it took was a free trip to Hawaii. <laughs> I guess I'll stay. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll stay in the industry. It's not so bad. <laughs> I love that you I just skirted think, over really. 2006, 2008. Like that, that was just a blip in the radar. Things are going good. 2001 yeah. was so long ago. If you think about it, people who graduated high school in 2001, they're now in their 40s. So, were you using an abacus to do pre approvals back in the day? Close. Um, actually, I was using this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, Texas Instruments. Cheater card behind mm -hmm. there. So you know, you know, Do you still know how to write? Right, boobs, this and then doesn't work. <laughs> turn it upside down. I feel like anytime wow. I see a calculator, that's Girl, the only I'm thing too. that I remember. Katie, this is a family <laughs> show. Do, do, you, do you you still know how to do the long the longhand uh, amortization on those? Uh, no, I don't know that I ever knew how to do that. I could pretty much calculate monthly payments and um, maybe back into uh, somebody's term or something like that. But that's about as far as my skills went with this thing. <laughs> So um, I got a question for you before we really dive into everything. Are you more excited to be a Broncos fan or a Buffaloes fan this year? I mean, <laughs> that's a pretty easy question, right? Like Buffs, <laughs> I'd say, all day. Um, Dion is like the, uh, he's like the new cooler David Goggins or something. Like he's like the motivational speaker we all didn't know we needed. Um, <laughs> so I don't know how you can't be fired up watching the buffs well, unless you watched them on monday night i feel like we got to have some sort of a friendly wager uh because the buffs are coming to oregon next weekend playing uh at Autzen stadium 
Um, so we're gonna have to think of we're gonna have to think of something something fun. You know, maybe we can send you a, a case of uh, what's that really crappy grass drink that a lot of people drink here in Oregon? You know, it tastes like dirt matcha. matcha yeah, we could send you a say. case of matcha. <laughs> but it's not matcha. Yeah. Also, I I have to admit, I was thinking Buffalo Bills. I forgot. I I was completely off the radar. Oh. I was like, that's so weird. So, so that makes more sense going to play Oregon. So what are you, <laughs> what are your feelings about the last eighteen months? Right, you've been a, you've been in this game for a long time. What are your sentiments over the last eighteen months in this business? I mean, it's it's weird. It's gone really fast, but also it's been painfully slow. Um, I don't know. I, I think that we all kind of thought we'd maybe be on the other side of this by now, or at least starting to, to creep over the other side. And at this point today, it kind of feels like we don't really know, you know, where rates are at. I think on MBS Live earlier, they were talking about 10-year note yields and where we could see that going. And I don't know. People are saying 5% on the 10-year, um, which would be insanity, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. So it's a lot of prediction. A lot of predictions gone wrong. Um, predictions are for suckers, of course. I had to um, learn that the hard way. For the first, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> thanks, Matt Graham. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Thanks, thanks uh, the other guy too for making predictions. That are wrong. <laughs> the other guy. Uh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Matt Graham. <laughs> love it, love it. <laughs> so, um, but no, I'd say for the first, you know, we were all, I think. I'm speaking for most of us, the few years leading up to that were just so crazy and busy that, you know, it was kind of a nice little break for a while um, to be less busy. But then, you know, if you're competitive and you like to be successful and busy, like, you know, panic starts to set in about six months into that and you start working harder and getting back to basics and kind of just like starting over. There's not a lot of residual income in this history. So you kind of just you're constantly starting over and you know, so the last year and a half, it's been um, it's been good and bad. I'd say it's mostly been good other than the earnings part um, because of that. For that reason, you know, it's it's kind of forced me to relearn this job and kind of all the different things that it took to get to this point, um, not just taking orders and answering the phone and, you know, we're going to percent rates with a appraisal waiver. Yeah. We're going to recap our, our mortgage conference that we were just at, but that's what they were saying. You know, if you don't like change and you don't like redeveloping a business constantly, then this isn't the industry for you because there's so much change and you just have to keep going from the ground up every single time. So in 2007, 2008, you yeah. know, what did you really do to survive? And, and in the present day, what kind of did you learn back then that you're reapplying now? Option arms. Yeah, I mean, lots of stuff. Um, Where are they? Back those? in those days. <laughs> sorry. That's okay. I mean, back in those days, um, I mean, I was a lot younger. Was the, the business was different. So we didn't have things like MBS Live to keep us informed, but also make us scared. It was kind of like ignorance is bliss and just had the blinders on. And, you know, most of the information sharing was out behind whatever building you worked in over some cigarettes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in 08, like I changed a lot of stuff, stopped smoking for one. Um, <laughs> so where'd you get your information? Exercise a lot. And, you know, like in this business, like I think you got to keep your mental health, um, you know, like protect your mental health at, at all costs. And a big part of that is being 
physically healthy, I guess. And up to mm -hmm. that point in my life, it, that's something I never cared about. Kind of just break my way through college and, you know, the early mortgage days, same thing. And then, you know, just started exercising and living a little bit better lifestyle back in 08. And really, you know, at that point had never really done a purchase transaction. Um, it was mostly a refi guy where I started. And, Interesting. You know, I ended up doing a purchase right around 08 when I think the um, Obama first time home buyer grant um, first came out. If you guys were around for that or remember that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. People are buying houses and a lot of those people were my friends. So they're like, hey, you do mortgages, right? I'm going to maybe go buy a place now and take up, take advantage of this free um, government money. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I know how to do a purchase and like had no clue how to do a purchase, but, you know, did a couple of those and. Man, that's what, uh, seven years of realtors through those processes. refinance heavy. That's, yeah. that's a pretty impressive track during that time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was crazy. I didn't, you know, know which way it was up. Um, was young and stupid. And, you know, so a lot of that stuff actually is helping me now with not being so freaked out about, you know, how business has kind of fallen off. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would say that it's different now back then. Um, there were, there were no other jobs, you know? So if you were a mortgage person and you were burned out or you were just like, I can't make this, there was nobody wanting to give you a salary back then. There was no um, tight labor market. It was really make it or break it. Make yeah. it or get get out. <laughs> yeah. So so let me ask you this. So it sounds like you've you've reinvented yourself a couple of times, right? You were the refi guy taking trips to Hawaii, and then <laughs> you were sort of forced into doing purchases. And you know everybody. I mean, you could literally just have a phone a phone number and a pulse, and you were getting business in 2020 and 2021. So what are some of the things that you've done to reinvent yourself? Uh, you know, to keep yourself busy and to keep yourself relevant in this market where we see so many other loan officers that don't have that longevity that maybe just got in the business that are starting to go away. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really like it's survival time and, you know, um, it's not really about reinventing as much. Like, I think there's a lot of, you know, things that I did well back in the day that kind of got me to the point where I had a nice database and had a good, you know, book of referral sources. And, you know, right now I'm really just solidifying those relationships and kind of using those relationships to be able to kind of warmly work my way into new relationships and try to stay sharp on guidelines and everything that's out there. It's no longer, you know, it's either a Fannie or a Freddie rate term refi with a PIW. It's like, you requires a lot of thinking there's a lot of brain pitch um you know so it's more so just super basic stuff like this 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 job is still the same now as it was 20 years ago um it's just back you know, back to the basics but with more information <laughs> yeah. yeah you know i i want to yeah. add a question on that real quick for loan officers that are just getting into the business is there any advice that you would have for them that you know to become relevant now yeah, it's, I mean, doing it the right way, um, you know, being honest, I think that's the main thing. We can all kind of, you know, we, we, we don't want people to just outright fail in this business. I think there's a lot to be learned from others and like we can support each other. Um, but that's assuming we're all doing things the right way. There's a lot mm -hmm. of sleazeballs out there that can just, you know, see their way out of this business sooner than later. So don't be that person, A, um, you know, B, like 
take it seriously. Um, mm -hmm. Tell your kids, look people in the eye and uh, have a nice handshake and kind of just, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, I actually see a lot of young people doing really well in the business right now. Um, and I feel like a lot of the people that had maybe just got into the business a few years ago either have it or they don't. The ones that do have it are the ones that you can learn a lot from right now. Um, you know, the ones that yeah. don't are obviously they're working on other jobs and career paths and um, won't be in this business long. But the ones that are in it to win it, I think there's a lot to be learned from. Um, I do you, I do you have a team? Awesome. Do I? Yeah. Or is it just you? I do. Yeah. Well, I have an assistant and then I have kind of a dedicated full-time processor, but it's just me as far as. Cool. And is that, is that assistant then in that kind of age range? I'm just curious. Cause I feel like, you know, Randy and I have talked a lot about it, but, um, having that yeah, balance or having that, 30. yeah, <laughs> I think that's, um, a really great handoff because when you see that drive or you see that, so anyone that's listening that maybe is kind of in that getting to the less drive or less passion to do everything. I think it's nice to find that pair of someone that's really going to put their boots on the ground um, and collaborate with them. Because I think in this industry, what was the average age that we learned of mortgage loan officers? So like 54, but <clears throat> excuse me, if you ask Google, it's somewhere in the mid 40s because so many people uh, have gotten out of the business. Maybe the, the current market sort of pushed them towards mm -hmm. retirement. Uh, but, you know, Nick, you were saying something, and I swear I heard it at the Pacific Northwest uh, Lenders Conference that Katie and I were just at this week. Um, we're just, you know, kind of just having that that mindset and also hearing about the young people that are doing well because they don't know any better, mm -hmm. right? It almost takes us back to the days before we had these tools like MBS Live, MBS Highway. Uh, we didn't know any better, so we just showed up for work. And I think, I think you do, you know, you either have it or you don't. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's definitely a make or break kind of, uh, kind of deal here. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of MBS live or MBS highway, it sounds like you have an opinion there. You're, you're an MBS liver. <laughs> Me? Oh yeah. All day. <laughs> um, and then, uh, I, yeah, I can't say enough about that site and it's almost like, uh, like fight club. Like we only want to talk about it with people that are in <laughs> it's yeah, so true. I really <laughs> other originator friends about MBS live. Cause it's feels it's like our a own. competitive advantage. <laughs> I don't know. And then, uh, May 10th. I feel bad. Cause I feel like I should be blowing up Matt Graham so he can make millions <laughs> off of this thing. Cause it, he should be, but at the same time, it's I our, really want everybody it's our own crew. It, you know? Yeah. He was able to get a blueberry farm out of the deal. So I, I think he's probably doing pretty good. <laughs> we'll keep pushing it. Yeah. Uh, but May 10th from Barry Habib. Growing up there. I think it's going to be uh May 10th of 2025. That's yeah. What we do you, do you remember where you were at May 10th of this year and what you were thinking? Uh, pretty sure I was sitting right here, um, <laughs> reading the chat on MBS live and, uh, yeah, like everybody laughing at LMB. Yeah. <laughs> so, from the subprime days. So every, everyone has an opinion about when the market's going to turn around. And I heard some opinions. I also heard some data. I heard some facts uh, this week. Um, do you have an opinion on when you think it might turn around? I think it's more, um, That's that's something that, you kind of have to make it turn around on your own, like make your own market, I guess, so to speak. I think there's a lot of opportunity right now, um, you know, with attrition in the industry and people leaving, but also, you know, there's a ton of refinance business out there. Um, 
you know, with all this equity and insane mm-hmm. amounts of debt, I just think that nobody wants to be the first person in their little friend circle to say they just refied because then everyone's going to be like, idiot, why? Because people wear their mortgage uh, rate like a badge of honor. So I'm, I'm having my own personal little refi boom this week. I picked up two cash out refinances. Wow. Uh, which, you know, it's, I've been getting about one, one or two a month. Um, but to get two in one a week, I'm like, oh man, I feel like the faucet has been turned on. Um, I'm, I'm going to celebrate those two. And if I close one of them, then that's a win. Honestly, a win. I think it's, I think it's a win just for inventory because it's just going to push people more into, mm-hmm. into selling and moving. So. Yeah, definitely. Great. Uh, Nick, what is the Denver market like right now? Are people moving in, moving out, staying put? I'd say that there are still more people moving here than moving out. Um, have a closing this morning for a lady that is moving here from California. Um, still feels relatively cheap for people that are moving here from more expensive places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm starting to see more people just move around and staying in the same area. Um, we've actually had inventory pick up quite a bit over the last, I would say, two months. Um, oh, interesting. And that's actually helped business pick up as rates have gotten worse because you know, sellers are, I don't want to say desperate, but if their house sits on the market for two weeks, that feels like two years in the old days. Um, mm-hmm. And they start freaking out. It's like, this place going to sell. I keep hearing about rates going up. And then next thing you know, you know, your, your client's getting a place under contract for 20K below list price and getting a 20K credit on top of that to cover a 2-1 buy down or something. So, wow. um, That's a pretty so big that is what's change. going on in this market. And it's actually been kind of fun the last couple months because it's actually there's activity um, people are willing to play ball it sounds like yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's it's very similar to the central oregon market and you know when you think about it you've got a 1400 square foot house and you're living in pasadena california and it's going you know 1.75 million that's what you get you move somewhere and i was looking up the median price we're pretty close central oregon and uh, some of the outlying suburbs of uh, you're in what greenwood village right so, so seeing what like the median house price range is, you know, when you can get a, a three or 4,000 square foot house for even less than what it is in Pasadena and so many people being able to work remote, yeah, we're starting to see, I mean, we started to see migration a long time ago, um, you know, a few years back and then COVID just sort of sped that whole process up. And so we're still, you know, we're kind of in that market where we're, we're still thriving um, some bit. So mm-hmm. uh, one question I often ask guests, uh, and I'm going to ask you, money, power, or fame, and why? You got to pick one. Depends on who you ask, but for me, it's money all day because power is overrated. Um, fame is definitely overrated. I think, um, especially in this inflationary environment, like money is super underrated. Um, so yeah, that's an easy one for me. I'd rather lay low, fly under the radar and have lots of cash and freedom than, um, you know, be famous or anything. Well, we, we, we support capitalism on this podcast, so uh, there's no, there's no wrong answer there. We do not support shameless self-promotion, but we do support capitalism. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Um, Nick, thank you so much for joining us today. I know we had some technical difficulties, but we're going to be able to chop this up and get some really good stuff out of it. Uh, it sounds like you and I have been in the business uh, pretty close to the same amount of time. Uh, did you graduate high school in 97? I actually never graduated high school. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it was 96 for me. Uh, you got me by one year then. We got to start. Yeah, ha- we got to start having these geriatrics on the show more often. 
<laughs> well, yesterday I saw that headline that was the mortgage rates are um, at the oh no mortgage applications the lowest level since '96, and all I was thinking was like, man, class of '96. Yeah. Let's go. So, yeah, I was. I think I was four years old. <laughs> I w- yeah, I would. I would have been a. Uh, I would. Yeah, junior, senior in high school, depending on on what time of the year in '96. Yeah. Yeah, rooting for Brett. Stay alive until twenty-five. Yeah. Stay alive until twenty-five. That's well, the saying. Um, we got to wrap. We got to wrap things up with you today, but uh, we, we got to figure out a bet. Sounds like you're a pretty healthy guy, so we're not going to bet booze. Um, no, that's fine. I. I imbibe. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm not going to give Let's any see. points. It's got to be straight up. It's, uh, because the, the Ducks, they got a whole, they got a lot of holes in their in their in their game, in their offense and their defense. They're playing a Hawaii team this week that Go Ducks. they'll probably be three and zero. My wife is a duck. I'm a beaver or kind of a platypus. I'll be rooting for the Ducks. <laughs> um, all right, let's. Uh, you drink coffee? Uh, you know I, that's talking about habits i actually stopped drinking coffee recently today was the first day i had coffee in a while because i was trying to wake up to this thing <laughs> oh no um, but uh all right well katie's yeah, gonna make a bottle uh, of booze bet with you bottle of booze bet bottle of booze sounds perfect i um, go for, i go for the ducks <laughs> let's go ducks have to be involved in that whoever loses it has to be something local yeah sounds good Awesome. Well, hey, thanks again so much for joining us. Uh, appreciate your fresh perspective. And uh, you can stick around and listen if you want. Looks like Zoom's probably going to be cutting us off here in just a couple of minutes anyways. Uh, but we're going to get to recapping the Pacific Northwest Mortgage Lenders Conference now. All right. All right. So what would you think, Randy? Um, you know, it, uh, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I learned a lot more than I thought I was going to learn. There was a lot. I thought that the first day was really good. And going into the second day, I didn't have too high of expectations because the day before was already better than I expected. And the second day blew it away. It was so good. So I went ahead and did a rating system on who was speaking (laughs) uh, because I'm a terrible human being. And I love to judge uh, experts to see exactly how experty they are. Uh, So Eric Wiley with uh, Pacific Residential Mortgage. Um, he had some really good advice. Yeah. You know, he said, uh, um, be a farmer for the long haul. In the good times, be a hunter-gatherer, right? So you're planting seeds today uh, to harvest months, years, decades from now. Yeah, Try a new lot of things. what we talked about with Nick, too. Yep. Similar. Yep. Yep. Old habits are not working the way they used to. I wonder if he heard, if he heard Eric Wiley's uh, speech. Because when he was saying stuff, I was like, man, this that's is all the same. So, so, so much the same. Um I gave Eric four and a half out of five stars. I, I agree. Was great. Wow. He was great. great. It was it was motivating. Yeah. That's really good. That's what we needed to hear. Yeah. And then next we had Nora Guerra uh, f- with Freddie Mac. Um, Who? Nora Guerra. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I don't know how to put this a nice way, but she really loved herself a lot. And a it lot. was really tough to listen to her. She had some great data <laughs> points, but she was so busy telling us how busy she was and how many people she worked with at Harvard and Purdue. I went and back all through the, the awards the slide that points she, yeah. and I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is really valuable information. You know, millennials are who to target. So that was a big one. Yeah. Um, target millennials. They're going to locations and areas that are more affordable. So migration's happening with millennials and um, the, the Hispanic and 
uh, minority groups are uh-huh. also really coming up on the purchaser. So millennials and the minority groups are who to target. Um, and single women. That was the big one, too. Single women, yeah. <laughs> so Targeting. Targeting, that nice. sounds so bad. Out. I know. Sorry. Yes. But <laughs> those those are the most um, up-and-coming buyers. Okay. So that's who to focus on. But you Nora didn't really Guerra. get anything out of that because none of the- <laughs> Two stars. Two stars. She loved to talk about herself a lot. Uh, I'm sure she's doing great things, but she came in off four hours of sleep and about 18,000 cups of coffee. And, and we heard she was... all about her schedule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to pass. Uh, Eric Post pass. with Uzi AI. Uh, he talked about AI to help you be more professional and not just more efficient. I actually downloaded the beta uh, test for yeah. Uzi yesterday. Is it good? Oh, my God. My life has changed so much. Oh I was gosh. so anti-AI until I heard him speak. And now, and we're going to have him on as he a was, guest. Yeah, so, yeah, he was really motivating on just like different ways in your business that I wouldn't have thought of right. um, to focus on. Yeah, so, AI is, AI what is it going to do? Uh, oh my gosh, great. Your life is going to change. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's good. Yeah. And right now the beta testers get it for free, which oh, is nice. great. So we can, you know, kind of help work out the kinks. Anyways, I gave Eric Post four and a half out of five wow. stars. And you'll get to rate him when we have him on here That's soon. right. Um, next person <laughs> we had who I thought was honestly super entertaining had a lot of great information just a natural speaker uh yeah. marina walsh with uh, the mortgage uh, bankers association toodaloo, toodaloo. <laughs> she's um, fantastic we're also going to try to have survive marina until 25 i like that nick threw that out there too yeah survive until 25 it's the saying that's that the saying to go for the saying um <laughs> so she gets that. four out of five stars uh, Jean Bradley with Essent Guarantee, uh, she was one of the higher ups there. She hosted a forum. Um, you know, it was good. It was it was good. You know, we actually we got to see. Um, how was it? G. Yeah, Giovanni. Gio. Gio. Car- De Carlo. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> that'll be on next week's airs. Anyways, we did get to see someone from in local up there on the panel. I thought it was great. Uh, a CEO from a mortgage company that shall not be named uh, completely tried to steal all the thunder from Eugene. <laughs> it's not your fault that you get three and a half out of five stars. Gene, it was it was good. It was just fell, fell short. Yeah. Yeah. Day two, I thought the speakers were a lot better. Yeah. Coming back in strong. I really yeah. liked it. We, I, and I don't even want to say a lot better. I just felt like it was very consistent. Yeah. Right. Right. Because yeah. we had some people get over four stars here. Uh, we had uh, Mike, Francois, and Clay from ARC, American Reporting Company. So they, you know, they're all about credit reports, uh, AMC, appraisal management, things like that. Had a lot of great in- information. I got to learn something new, and I've been in this business for a long time, Greg. Ooh. So are you a member of like Credit Karma or one of those free credit services? Yeah. So when you pull that, that's giving you your Vantage score, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in mortgage business, we don't use Vantage scores. We use the FICO model. Right. Good old Fair Isaac himself. there's like himself. six FICO models, too. Ten. Ten? Oh, Ten. is that what he said? Ten, Ten FICO, FICO models. models. And so the Vantage score, which is it's always going to be different when you pull a... Um, a credit report like from freecreditreport.com or mm-hmm. Credit Karma it's always going to be different than the FICO model mm-hmm. so um, trigger leads are not going away we, we learned that uh, at least not anytime soon uh, it will take a while yep Fannie Mae Freddie Mac um, did you know anything about the being able to pull so they're going to make it allowable through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are you starting to say this for two credits to be my thunder, Katie. versus the tri-merge credit pull is yeah, I don't know that I like the two bureau thing. I mean, yeah, okay, we might oh. save ten or fifteen bucks on a credit report, 
but you know it's not going to be great. Yeah. The, the average. Yeah. You don't know. Wait, so they're going to go from three to two bureaus? You can choose. You can choose to only pull two bureaus versus the three. Oh. Um, but you have to use the lower of the two. And you have to decide if you're using two. You can't then switch to using three. So to me, it's just use three and use the average. Yeah. Yeah. Odds are better. Yeah. Um, but fantastic. I gave them five out of five stars. Yeah. Uh, learned all sorts of things. Um Daniel Jarrett with Arch Capital. You know, I'd never listened to an economist speak where I didn't fall asleep. This guy kept me awake. He kept me engaged. He was was thorough with his data. um, And he wasn't just a boring economist in my... It was nice to see more current, up-to-date data because I feel like we've seen so much coming into this um, that all is reflecting of 2020, 2021. So coming into the end of 2023, we're really seeing where we've started to fall down and it's... And it's nice. It's refreshing to yeah. compare the numbers back to pre. Give him a solid four stars. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And um, Jeff Evans, who was a motivational speaker, which I will say they had him speak after lunch. And a lot of people had to catch their flights to get home. Made me feel, pardon me, made me feel really bad that a lot of people didn't get to hear his story. Mm-hmm. Um, it was amazing. I wish they would have started everything out with him. Mm-hmm. In yeah. my opinion, if we could do yeah. it right next time. Started out with that guy, and then you're in, then everybody's engaged. But then when you have Agreed. him as the after lunch speaker after two full days of of a conference, people are just out of energy and they're tired. And honestly, he was great. So he gets five out of five tokes, bro. Great, <laughs> absolutely. Five out of five tokes, bro. <laughs> uh, overall feeling in the market, wearing Katie. We're we're surviving. I think it's, yeah. I think we uh, got a long way to go. So it's we all do. about the we all do about to stay in the course. <laughs> next um, next year's Pacific Northwest Mortgage Lenders Conference is in Seattle. I'm going. Sweet. We're gonna be there. Yeah, it's gonna be a good Truth one. Truth and Lending will be in Seattle. We're gonna be listening to you guys, That's seeing right. what what's changed in the last year. So mark the calendar. Yeah, yeah. I cut you off, Katie. So we're even. Uh, but now in the Truth and Lending <laughs> Mortgage News, Greg, take us away. Housing News reports mortgage application volume is now at its lowest level since 1996. What were you doing in 96, Randy? Well, we kind of already covered this a little bit. Uh, Nick Nick was stealing a little bit of our thunder. Thanks, <laughs> yeah, Nick. Did. I know. <laughs> uh, CPI came out hotter than expected yesterday, and the markets kind of liked it. Like, there was not as much of a negative reaction yesterday. Uh, but today there's a little bit of a little little bit of a negative reaction. Oh, Took a little heck? time to digest that. Mm. Stephen Stanley predicts that the Fed's going to pause for September and November from the rate hikes. So thanks, Stephen Stanley. I don't know who Stephen like Stanley that. is, but I, like I love the name Stephen Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he knows a thing or two about this kind of stuff. That's a strong name. Yeah. Uh, the iPhone 15 was released yesterday. Mm-hmm. Still no headphone jack, which I'm okay with. Yeah, it's because you're like 31 or yeah, 32. I'm definitely I am 31, yes. You know, jump on the bandwagon. Well, that now that one. I have AirPods and I'm just okay with getting brain cancer from all the Bluetooth, <laughs> I'm okay that we don't need a headphone jack. <laughs> Great. But some of the old footy duds still want one of those. <laughs> uh, wholesale inflation popped in August, hotter than expected, as well as retail sales. You know you know why it did? Back to school, folks. Of course it popped. Yep. I want to mm-hmm. say whoever, whoever made the, uh, um, or at least came up with what they thought the predictions. Going, yeah, the forecast or whatever. You know, you got to take in, into account back to school. Yeah, mm-hmm. come yeah. on. So. And the ECB raised their rates today, but they also signaled that it's the end. 
near. The end is near. Yeah, Ooh. the market's still kind of looking ugly. Uh, average <laughs> rate today in America, September 14th, uh, still right around seven and a quarter for a 30 year fixed conventional mortgage. Uh, FHA and VA and USDA all hovering around six and three quarters. Interest rate still pretty close to where we were on our last show. Um, it was great to have Nick White uh, here to talk about things to do in Denver when you're Nick White. If you've never seen the movie Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, it came out in 1995, very close to 96. <laughs> I wouldn't have even picked up that you were trying to. It is one <laughs> of the best casts of the mid-90s. So many famous actors that you would recognize them. They were much, hmm. much younger. Hmm. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. Free okay. shout out. See you later, potato heads. Yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs>